I'm Kim Singletary. And I'm Rich Collins with Biz New Orleans Magazine. Welcome to Biz Talks. Each week, we reach beyond the pages of Biz New Orleans Magazine to bring you in-depth conversations with members of the business community. From the names everyone knows to the ones destined to make their mark, we'll dive into the top issues, best practices, successes, and failures of every industry that calls Southeast Louisiana home. Hi, everyone. This is Rich Collins from Biz New Orleans. On today's podcast, I'll be talking to Mike Siegel, the president and director of office leasing at Corporate Realty. With more than 30 years in the biz, Siegel is an expert on the New Orleans commercial real estate market who has negotiated major leases for Tulane University, Capital One, Freeport McMoran, and dozens of others. I was having Wi-Fi problems when it was time to do the interview, so special thanks to Mike for allowing us to have a socially distant conversation in his backyard, where we talked about the ways the COVID crisis has affected the different sectors of commercial real estate. Hope you enjoy. Is COVID-19 going to change the landscape? Okay. Yes. <laughs> and anybody that thinks it's not, I just don't understand. I don't understand how it cannot change the landscape. On the other hand, if anybody that you interview wherever or comes out and you know is a talking head and has an answer on exactly how it's going to impact the landscape, they're equally, you know, I don't understand that either. I mean, we are in, you know, as much uncharted territory as we've ever been. I mean, this is. You know, Katrina was New Orleans and the rest of the world was functioning. You know, and, and you look back at other pandemics, and again, I am don't expect, don't pretend to be any expert on any of this, but if you look back, you know, everybody tries to use history as a guideline. Well, what happened in 1918? Well, who cares? I mean, they didn't have computers. They barely had cars. I mean, you know, it's a different world. So a pandemic in modern times, truly modern times, I think it's, it is going to be hugely disruptive Things are going to change, but how they're exactly going to change, I think you know, the answers that I would give you today probably would have been different a month ago, and I bet you they will be different in another month. So, I mean, it's, we're kind of, it's a new day. You know, th- things are evolving not by the month, by the hour, by the day, by the week. So it's going to change. It's already changed, and I think there will be some long-term changes, but those it's going to take a while to get there. I know you guys had released uh, a report uh, yeah. before all this happened. It was done. How How is the market looking before all this? What, what, what was 2020 going to be? Well, I, I, so I'm going to put on my office building hat because that's the report we put out. Corporate Realty puts out an annual uh, office market overview, and it's really a look back at the previous year and then a little bit of kind of, analysis of it and talk about what might happen for the for the next year and we've done it for seven or eight years so this was our little annual report the research is all done in 2019 the report is published in 20 so um you know on from an office market standpoint you know COVID is is going to change things a bit but i do not i don't think that it's going to change things from an office market standpoint or what we said in the report as much as it changes other parts of our real estate industry. I mean, how I look at it, the tip of the spear is hospitality. The, it is really the world's a different place. And the how it's impacted 
the hospitality side of real estate and the long-term implications for that put that over on one side then you've got retail if it's not the tip of the spear it's close to the tip of the spear i mean whether it's restaurants or traditional retail on magazine street or malls from how people shop where they shop whether they're paying rent or not it's changed that from the supply chain on now office is somewhere in the middle you know people are going to still need office space when when we reopen when the when when things get reopened people are going to be able to go back to work at offices much sooner than they're going to be able to go get on airplanes stay at hotels go to big stores and and whatever the big categories in the world of commercial real estate is it hospitality retail and office i think it's hospitality is at the top of the spear retail is next office is next we're somewhere in the middle and and it's going to have an impact on office and i can give you two different ways i think office could go but you know the office tenants are it's it's not good it's not as dire as retail it's somewhere in the middle and i think we'll come back out of it more quickly then you go down to in uh to apartments i think apartments are going to be a very much a mixed bag again COVID's not good for really anything but you know people still need a place to live yeah there's going to be some short-term pain if people can't pay rent but you know i think part apartments overall will fare okay and i think they'll come back out of it as soon as people start going back to work at all they need apartments and the ones who are probably going to get hit worse like unfortunately how the world works people on the lower end of the spectrum in terms of the employees and the people that stay in those apartments and the people that own the lower end apartment complexes are probably going to get hit and then i think industrial is going to do fine i mean there's going to be more need to store whatever i don't see industrial being as adversely impacted as everything else now there's a lot of other little categories in there but those five big things you, know, you can even take it a step further when you start dissecting all that. Right now, our tenants paying rent. Well, I think on the office sector, what we're hearing, you know, yeah, I mean, not 100%, but the, to the 70 80% level on the retail side, no, they're not paying to the 70 80% level. It's probably more the 10, 20, 30, 40% level. The rents are actually able to pay, you mean? The ones that can pay and will pay. You know, I mean, what, what a tenant. What happens to a single building with a single tenant on Magazine Street with a local owner is different than a national tenant. You know, one is can they pay, the other is will they pay. What percentage of the of the hotels downtown in, in this market are, are locally owned, independently owned? I really don't know what percentage, but I mean, we do have, you know, New Orleans is a hospitality driven community i mean we always have been and over the last 25 years even more so because you know we don't have as much oil and gas and shipping all that and we have a lot of hotels that are locally owned and locally controlled more than i would think a lot of other communities and you know those people are gonna it's difficult i mean you turn that spigot off and you close those hotels everybody says oh yeah but you you won't have the the overhead of all the personnel you still have debt service you still have utilities you still have to pay taxes you still have to insure the property you've got some minimal level of employees you've got to keep some upper level employees you know the it is it is really bloody for those guys and 
I'm going to go ostensibly in the next month. I'm going to go back to work, and a lot of offices are going to go back to work. Maybe a smaller staff. Maybe we'll go in a few fewer days. But we're going to go back. Hospitality, it doesn't really matter what the governor says or the mayor or, or the pre- especially the president says. People aren't just going to all of a sudden rebook all these trips and get back on the airplane. I think it's going to be a lot. It, it was a much more immediate impact. It's a much more, it's a much deeper impact, and it's going to be a longer recovery, in, in my opinion. So, in the on the hospitality side, what do you, what kind of remedies do you think might have to happen for you know if, if there's no income coming in? I, I mean, I don't think there's a remedy. I think you know what's going to happen is, like you know, this is just basic economics. The properties that are better capitalized, better located have better sponsorship, meaning ownership, are deeper pocketed, have better recovery plans, have better locations, are going to come out of it a little bit better than the ones that were leveraged up to the hilt, have no flexibility, weren't well capitalized. Yeah, it's going to be project by project, community by community, block by block, how it's going to impact them. I mean, one thing you'd put on your list of questions that I really do think is a real kind of interesting and, and central point to a lot of what's going to happen to real estate that has CMBS mortgages. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, you know, when you have a CMBS mortgage, you don't have a loan officer that you can go to. And that's a, it's a banking relationship. It's a personal relationship. It's a business relationship. It's a lending relationship. You don't have any of that. I mean, it's a servicer. The owner of it are all these bondholders who are expecting their payment. They don't have, they legally do not have the flexibility to renegotiate and restructure your loan. If you have a loan on a property with a financial institution, a bank, an insurance company, a whatever, you're going to go to them and say, we got a problem. I can't pay you for six months or I have to pay you less. And they're going to go, well, I don't really want the property back. Um, let's restructure this loan in the next six months. We're going to defer payments. We're going to add it on. We're going to rejigger the interest rate. We're going to do this. You live to fight another day. And I think CMBSs are fantastic. I mean, they're low interest. They're non-recourse. Most of the office buildings around here are financed with CMBSs. But I don't mean this as badly as it sounds. You're kind of making a deal with the devil. I mean, you get great benefits. But you have no flexibility. Well, when things are good, it doesn't matter. When you have catastrophic circumstances, it's going to be really interesting. I think the government may have to step in on the CMBS side to give them some flexibility and instruction on how to deal with with borrowers. If not, you're really going to see, you know, some some ugliness. So there's a big differentiation there. So that that one is maybe the biggest question mark. Then you go to to retail. It's a similar situation, right? Yeah, I mean, got- again, you start going. I mean, who has CMBS loans? Who's who has who is well capitalized? Isn't overly leveraged? Has a good property? Has the financial wherewithal, the the, the structure to be able to withstand things? You know, who has tenants that not just can pay rent? Well not just who will pay rent, rent, but who really can pay the rent. 
it's going to depend. I mean, when, when you look at what happened with a large mall versus a strip center with big boxes versus kind of a little strip neighborhood center versus retail on Magazine Street or the French Quarter, I mean, they're really... There is not a monolithic answer to the real estate industry, and there's not a monolithic answer to even a product type. And I do see some differences that I've described between hospitality and retail and office and industrial, but it, it's really going to be property specific. And we talk to a lot of the owners we represent, a lot of tenants that we represent, and compare notes with people around the country. And, you know, yeah, there's some, I guess, some real broad trends. Like I was saying, you know, how office tenants are paying rent tend to be at a higher level than retail rent. But it becomes very property-specific and very owner-specific how, and how they're going to deal with it. And, you know, it's going to evolve. I mean, I think everybody's kind of looking at it daily and saying, All right, what's going to happen? What problems is this going to create? How are we going to come back? And to another question that you put on your list... You know, how do we deal with potential vultures coming down here to take advantage of the real estate? I don't think it's a question of dealing with them. I mean, strong survive and the weak don't. I mean, that's natural attrition. Anytime you have a problem, a problem in real estate where you have a distressed owner, a distressed piece of real estate, there's going to be people that come in and take advantage of it. And frankly, if we get new people owning real estate, that want to recapitalize that real estate, and, you know, put the money into it, the time into it, the effort into it, and can keep it as a going concern, whether it has it's owned by this guy or that guy or somebody in town or that time. What we want is a hospitality community, the New Orleans community, the state community. We want businesses that are viable businesses and that are well capitalized and that are open and hiring people and they can serve people. So I don't... I mean, yeah, there's, you know, there's vultures out there. I mean, Sam Zell, you know, famous real estate investor, he called himself the grave dancer. I mean, they're going to be people that come in here, and they're, they're people looking at it now, and we talk about it. Where are there going to be opportunities? I mean, I don't wish anybody ill, but if people do have financial issues, there's going to be people out there that you could call them a white knight or you can call them a vulture. I mean, it depends on whose side you're on. So... You know, I think it's inevitable. We we are going to have... It is going to create some volatility. And there's going to be some winners. And there's going to be some losers. From a community standpoint, we want all, all the real estate to do well. And we want it all to come back so that they hire people. So that we have places for people to come to New Orleans and go to. For our restaurants to do well. But we can't fix that. I mean, that's just going to, you know... The, the, Supply and demand and basic economics are going to dictate dictate that. There will be people coming to New Orleans, and there will be people who are already in New Orleans who are going to take advantage of, of opportunities. On the office side, do you agree with the thought that people are going to want to distance themselves and therefore use more square footage and the demand will go up? Or do you think people are going to say, hey, we can work from home? Both. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. So I'm, I'm a good example. I mean, I... I've worked my entire career in downtown New Orleans in an office. I go to the office every day, every day at 6 a.m. or earlier. I work a full day. I like going to the office. I put on a suit four days a week, a sport coat, you know, Friday I dress down. 
I like going to the office. And I'm now working out of my dining room. I have a printer in there. You saw it, a printer and a scanner and, and my computer. And I'm Zooming and I'm doing all this stuff. And I'm functioning. Am I functioning as well as I do in the office? No. Am I having as much fun with it? No. I mean, I like going to the office. I mean, I, so on one hand, I think people are seeing that they can function without an office setting. On the other hand, I think there's a lot of people that are also going, yeah, I'm doing it, but this isn't what I want to do for my the rest of my life or as a career. So, you know, I think the verdict's out on how that's going to go. And I do think, though, when people come back, you know, the trend has been more people and less square feet. I mean, it's a financial issue, an efficiency issue. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if, if that part's going to continue. I think people are going to be, it may not be called social distancing, but I think people are going to want a little bit more privacy, a little bit more distance. So we may not be trying to cram quite as many people in per square foot. We may go to more private offices, even if they're smaller, or at least cubicles that aren't on top of each other. Obviously, there's going to be, you know, this may have shown a few people that they can work from home. Maybe there's some companies that don't do well and they take less space. I think the verdict's out. I think it's going to be a mixed bag. And I don't think this is going to be the wake-up call that says, wait, we can work from home. And and it's the end of uh, traditional offices as we know it. I mean, I can only speak personally, but, I mean, for my group and a lot of people I talk to, they want to get back to work. I mean, it's kind of shown we miss, you know, we're social creatures. We like being around people. And I told everybody, we met this morning, I told you, at uh, Audubon Park. We had 12 of us in our chair, and we did it the first time. Wait, how, how did you do it? You brought, like, folding chairs? Everybody, I sent an email out. Everybody brought their own folding chair, and they brought their own coffee. We sat under the oak tree right as you go across the path. <laughs> and we, you know, the first time we'd gotten the, the, whole, the brokers, 12 or 15 of us, together. And, you know... So a couple of people said, yeah, I found you. Yeah, I'm doing pretty well at home. I'm, you know, they said they don't have very much business, so it's a little bit easier. But, you know, it's kind of working. But others said, and I said, but it's not normal. It's not as much fun. I mean, and there's a synergy and there's an energy to interacting with other people. And just like you and I sitting across from each other here, I personally find it more effective to be able to talk to you than to be on a phone call. Right. And so, you know, it, it's really going to be interesting. But I say all that, and, you know, there's going to be, I'm not sure there are, there's going to be some changes that take place. I mean, you know, you're going to walk into an office building now. I think I'd like to be in the uh, uh, Purell or whatever business and the handy white business. We're going to, when we go to a sporting event, when we go to the movie theater, when we go to our offices, cleanliness in, in some, some level of disinfecting and wiping down is probably not going to go away. Think about the country pre-9-11. We didn't have TSA pre. Well, we didn't even think anything about it. Now we have it. We don't think anything about it other than we don't like it, but it's not going away. So what's what's going to be the TSA kind of things that change the market? There, there will be some basic things that we have taken for granted one way that are going to be different. Some of them real estate related. Some of them are just kind of lifestyle changes that I think we're gonna that will get made and we may never go back. We're not gonna I don't think TSA will ever go away. Okay, so just last last question to uh, 
what, what kind of calls will you be getting, you know, as this thing starts to carefully get back to business? How will y'all's work change, do you think? We're not owners of real estate as a company. We're brokers, we're managers, so we have third parties that we work for. So it depends on the person, the tenant. The, the owners that we represent are going to want to know, get off your ass and find us some tenants. What's going on in the market? You know, where where their eyes and ears. What's going on? Where are the opportunities we can take advantage of? Where are the tenants to backfill our space? They're going to want us to get back to work and fill up their buildings and push rents and do what we were supposed to do before. I mean, I'm not saying they're blind to the reality, but they own real estate. They got lenders. They got investors. They're going to want us to get back to normal. You know, tenants are going to, it's going to depend on the tenant. I mean, are they looking for space? Are they trying to buy something? You know, I think we're going to get back pretty quickly to everybody assuming their normal roles. Owners are going to want to have their buildings filled up. Tenants are going to want what they want. I think tenants might see it as an opportunity to make a better deal. I think you're going to have investors out there looking to take advantage of not necessarily distressed real estate, but distressed owners. I think you're going to have distressed owners who are going to are going to be saying, I need to get rid of some of this real estate. Have the most efficient way to do it and maximize that my value. I think you're going to have, uh, you will have some inadvertent owners of real estate, meaning lenders and whomever, oh. that that are going to go, all right, I own this real estate. I need to manage it. How do I dispose of it and maximize my value? You know, and in the midst of all that, you've got some, you know, New Orleans has some transformative projects going on that are moving on now that are going to continue to work. I mean, the, the, the charity hospital million square foot renovation is moving forward as we speak. And I mean, we're lucky enough to be involved with that. We're representing Tulane, who's looking at north of 300,000 square feet there. So, I mean, that's going to be a lot of work for us. But that's a transformative project for New Orleans. And it's a thing that helps the city comes back, come, you know, help the city and, and the community come back. I mean, the convention center, uh, 47-acre site that there, you know, was moving forward has gotten postponed. I think that'll return. Again, we're lucky enough to be consultants to that project. But I think it, it's going to get, you know, that process will get restarted. I don't know if it's in two months, a month, three months, four months. You know, so this could be, for, from a real estate standpoint, I think it's going to be busy. I think it's going to be really busy. But which direction that goes, right. it's going to depend on the owner. It's going to depend on the, the sector of the market. It's going to depend on the location. Yeah, it'll, it will be interesting. I'm ready, honestly, I'm ready to get, I mean, I, I don't have a bad setting, as you see. <laughs> you know, and I have everything set up in my dining room. I'm ready to get back to the office. <laughs> I want to. I want to see my real estate peeps and make calls and, you know, walk down the street to my restaurant at lunch and, and, you know. I know we're not going to get back to any real normalcy for a while. I want to get to the other side and see the new normal and and start functioning somewhat like we did before. <laughs>